Your official station to talk Knicks. The Fan 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. To save his life, call his wife in. Good Nothing morning! To say, but what a day. How's your boy been? Nothing to do, it's up to you. I feel like singing on this Wednesday morning. Why not? Our football teams are alive, right? Good morning, everyone. How you doing? Thursday morning, Wednesday morning. I just said that. It's not Thursday. Don't be confused. Sometimes I get confused. Wednesday morning, 4.05. And so much of the day has been spent, so much of yesterday has been spent on what the future quarterback situation is of the New York Giants instead of just living in the moment. That's all I want to do. That's all I want to do. I don't want to rain on parades. I'm not trying to rain on this parade. I love the Tommy Cutlet parade. I'm all on board. He was terrific in that game Monday night. But I am not ready to crown him the, the, the next great quarterback either in this city or on this team, or suddenly he's better than Daniel Jones. (laughs) Daniel Jones who? You know, you remember Daniel Jones, the guy who got $40 million a year last year because he won a playoff game and nine games over the regular season, and to start the year, everybody said he was better than Dak Prescott, and he was a top-10 quarterback in the NFL. You remember that guy, no? Forgot him? But after three wins, we can't just enjoy it. We can't enjoy pulling a dead season out of the fire and stoking it back up and having a game against the... Uh, the uh, New Orleans Saints that actually mean something, a winnable game on the road where they could actually turn themselves into 6-8 and and look at a Christmas Day matchup in Philadelphia that might actually mean something, a game that I had long since just forgotten about and didn't care about and suspected I would have just had a Christmas Day with my family and not had to worry about the Giants, and instead I'm one more win away from being focused on it like my life depends on it. And yes, I was all on the tank show. I wanted them to tank. Things change. And they've won three games, and yes, they've done it behind Tommy DeVito. And he's been incredible. The first two I don't put too much stock into. They scored 10 points off of uh, uh, New England, both off turnovers and short fields on two separate drives, the field goal and a touchdown. The lousy Washington commanders doesn't impress me, but Monday night sure did. And he he wasn't just... A serviceable quarterback. He was excellent. And he went down the field with thirty with a minute thirty-three left. We all know it. I went over it yesterday morning. We know it. But now to have the talk that we can't just enjoy what's going on here, we gotta figure out that, oh, how could you say he's not? Oh my god, he's the next great thing. Oh, th- who cares? I'm not trying to figure out the rest of the Giants franchise uh and next year's quarterback situation and beyond with what I've seen over three games. I can't do it. So I love the story, and I love the agent, and I love the idea that we're, we're calling him, uh, his nickname is Slimy, and he, he refutes that. I love all of it. I'm on board. I love his whole family hanging out with uh, Victor Cruz and Sean O'Hara in the post game. I love the the tailgating with the, the pasta and the chicken cutlet sandwiches. I'm all on board. And I feel like hopefully and especially the way he played on Monday night, that we can get past that and just talk about him as a football player. And I'm open that to, to that discussion on some level. 
and whether or not he's good enough to beat the Saints, whether or not this team right now, the way they're playing and the way he's playing, is good enough to actually give a team that they never beat, ever beat, ever beat. Are they good enough right now to give the struggling Eagles team coming off of two disastrous losses against the what now seem to be the two best teams in the NFC in the 49ers and the Cowboys? Could they be catching an Eagles team at the right time where they're scuffling and maybe the quarterback's banged up? Can they make a game of that? That's much more of an interesting contra- uh, concept to me and an interesting conversation to me than whether or not Tommy Cutlets is going to be the future quarterback of the New York Giants. I'm not, I'm not there. And I can't imagine anybody else would be. How could you be better than Daniel Jones? I mean, come on. So if 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 he was a free agent, you'd give him forty million dollars off of these three starts. Stop it. Stop it. I know we all like to dream. Hell, I like to dream. Back when I slept, I loved to dream. But I can't I can't have this dream. Let's just have the dream of this season. It's good enough for me. It really is. It's good enough for me. I was gone with this season. I was talking about dumping this whole thing and drafting a quarterback. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to lose, 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 lose and get a top pick and draft one of these quarterbacks and allow this coach who clearly shows you. And that's the other thing in this story that's getting a little bit lost one, the defense and how well they're playing and the uh, and the, the turnovers they're creating and the way they've you know shut down a team in the Green Bay Packers who are absolutely trending in the right direction after demolishing the Lions on the road, after beating the Packers, uh, excuse me, after beating the Chiefs and heading into that building and shutting down Love, who looked awful and couldn't throw the football, but creating the turnovers, allowing this offense to win the game, and then, you know, yes, Tommy DeVito going down the field with 90 seconds left, but the other angle is, this coach and how rejuvenated he looks and what he's able to get out of Tommy DeVito and how I think the idea that he's created this quarterback after the miserable quarterback play, a lot due to the offensive line, the injury of Daniel Jones, the brutal losses, all of that, suddenly they're winning and it's because this kid came out of nowhere and has been coached up and getting better at everything. And, and, I mean, that's taking all those terrible sacks. They coached him up. Suddenly he's tucking and running and avoiding the sacks. No picks. No interceptions. No sacks. Picks and interceptions are the same thing. No picks. No sacks. Touchdown pass. And, and a last-minute game-winning drive. And it's because this coach has coached him up, which is exactly why I was pumped to draft a quarterback because imagine what he could do with a top-level talent like Drake May. Now, I don't know. This kid might be better than Drake May. I'm open to that prospect. But I'm not trying to have that conversation today. Today, it's about what can the Giants be moving forward. Today, amazingly enough, off the Jets win, are these are both of these teams still alive? I'm tired of getting caught up in the hype. We can never enjoy anything. We can never just enjoy it for what it is. What it is right now is an improbable run that pulled the season out of the fire, and that's good enough for me. And I have Giants football again. And I'm not conflicted on what I want to have happen. I don't have to watch the game and, and you know, have a tough play happen, go against the Giants and be pissed off and then try and tell myself it's actually pretty good. It's actually a good thing. It's actually a good thing. I don't want to do that anymore. And thankfully I don't. And I owe that to you, Tommy DeVito. And I owe it to you and the story that you've created here and the way the team is bought into it and Tommy Cutlets has taken this thing on the road. It's been great. 
But I, I don't. We don't have to justify where this all leads. I was. I joked in the open about parades. I just want to. I. I just want to. I don't want to rain on parades. I just want to enjoy the parade. I don't want to focus on what's. I don't want to be the kid who doesn't want to wave to everybody and is just focused on where his parents are. Oh, are they are they way down low. They're two. I don't want to think about two miles ahead on the parade. I just want to. I want to wave to everybody right now. I want to enjoy this. I want to soak it in. I don't want to be waiting for the better float that's coming down the pike or or waiting for Santa Claus at the end of the parade. I'll take my Snoopy now. 877-337-6666. Eddie and Rockland, what's up, Eddie? Hey, Christopher, what's happening, man? What's going on, Edward? Now, let me ask you a few questions, you know, to... Uh... You know, to help your cheerleading, but sure, uh, my cheerleading. I'm doing the opposite today, but get number one. Yeah, uh, Daniel Jones. Are you mindset in your mindset? Are you are you uh, fit? Finished. Kaput. Done. You put, you, uh, is his pom poms burnt in the fire in the backyard? Are you done cheering for him or, or yes. what? I, I no longer think Daniel Jones is a viable option for the future of this team. I've said that for a while. It's not just the play. It's okay. Also, it's, what about what about his overall overall quarterback? Fixable, always a second stringer. No, I mean, I, don't, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I su- I suppose it's fixable. I think he he could be a quarterback in this league. He hasn't won enough for me. He hasn't thrown enough touchdowns for me. And now he's ended two out of the last three seasons with season-ending surgery, and one of them was a neck that popped up again this year. I'm, I'm extremely concerned about his injury history. He's got a neck surgery. He's got a, uh, a torn ACL. I don't know when he's going to be back. Uh, he makes too much money to not throw the amount of touchdowns and put up the amount of points he should be. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's no longer something the Giants should look into. I think he's going to be on this roster next year because they have no choice, and then they should move on. And I'm open to the conversation of what they should do on some level, but right now the season's still on. That's we we were having that discussion at two and eight. I what was, did you say? What did you say? The season's back on. You know, you know what I had a dream. I woke up right and I heard you ranting and raving about uh, Tommy and Tommy this and Tommy that last night. You should just dress up. You, no, this morning, just about a half hour ago, and yes. then you you should dress up like as a chicken cutlet at the next game. I, if I did, I'd still look better than the computerized chicken cutlets they put on the screen in one of those graphics. I don't know what the hell that was. But you know what? You, you're funny. You guys are funny. I, I know Eddie likes to get me riled up. I think that's part of his shtick because every time he does, then he tweets the audio out 50 million times. He actually works more for me than the digital team here. But I hope you heard that. Is so I'm just messing around. Um, I I don't know what else I have to say. I've been the opposite of the cutlet guy today. I'm happy about Tommy DeVito. I'm interested in what he's going to be moving forward. I hope that he can be someone that can lead this team to a victory next week and keep my season alive heading into Christmas Day. I love what I've seen. He's far better than I thought. If I knew he was this good, I might not have. You know, I would have thought they had a chance to win some of these games. I didn't. I thought they had no chance against Green Bay. I did not see Tommy Cutlets coming. So there was enthusiasm last night. But then going through the day and feeling like all we care about is about what the future is. The only thing that that anyone seems to want to talk about is whether or not he's better than Daniel Jones, who I was told all offseason is is a top 10 quarterback and better than Dak Prescott. And here's what I would say to all these people who tell me that, oh, now he's better than he's better than Daniel Jones and he he could do this and he could do that. If they lose 24 to 6 in New Orleans, 
Does this continue? Do we just chalk it up to one bad start? Or do we say, well, it was fun while it lasted? That's what we'll say. We'll be right back on the who's the quarterback next year. Uh, after Daniel Jones, do they, do, they dra- pull, do they draft a quarterback in the draft? No, no one will be talking about the DeVito being the future guy. If they do absolutely nothing, he throws two picks, no touchdown passes, and they lose 24-6, to six, and it's an ugly game, we're, we're done. So how can you tell me that he's going to be this young, budding superstar or he's on the trajectory to do so or it's possible, it's this and that, when we all know one loss ends it? If you really believe that strongly in it, we, we're we not going to let one loss just end it, no matter what it says for the standings and what it says for the playoff chances. We're going to say, hey, let's let's see Tommy DeVito play this thing out and prove he can be the guy, but we won't. We'll be done with it. So I, I don't know why you think I should dress up like a cutlet other than you just think it would be funny. And it would be more of like, uh, let's be honest, it would be more of like a chicken breast than a ch- chicken cutlet. I know who I am, and I know what I am. And if I got inside a chicken suit, I would be a chicken breast and not a chicken cutlet. Not a good chicken cutlet, a nice, thin, lean, crispy chicken cutlet. Nope. I can't pull that off. 877-337-6666. But a nice boiled chicken breast? I, I might do it for Halloween next year. Sounds like an idea. 877-337-6666. We also talked about... Juan Soto's press conference and how I love – part of me loves the mindset that we're not going to overplay it, that we're not going to have the pomp and circumstance, that we're not going to have the big press conference and the owner standing up there talking about how much they wanted this player and how I told Ryan Cashman, I said, you go get me, Juan Soto. And then you bring him up to the dais and you put the Yankee jersey on him and you watch him button all the buttons up to the top and he puts the fitted hat on. And he sits down and we hand him and his family roses and all that stuff. We don't need that. You know why? Because we're busy still. We're still busy. We have no time for making sure we give you guys the uh, the joy you want and the pomp and circumstance and the big deal that we've all made out of Juan Soto. You know why? Because we're not done. We're busy with Yamamoto. I'm working on trying to figure out how to get Matsui to make a phone call. Trying to see if Tanaka can get a feel on where his head's at. That's why we have Zoom press conferences. That's what I'm telling myself because I'm kind of disappointed that it's just, it was a ho-hum, and hey, we'll have a quick little brief uh, Zoom call. Like it's a, a monthly sales meeting or something. Very disappointing. But I think that's what it was. I think they're telling us we're not satisfied with Juan Soto. This offseason's not complete. I know he's not a free agent. I know he's not going to be here forever. But I I would have thought they would have done it. But it tells me they're still hungry for more. That's what it tells me. And as far as Juan Soto's comments about, you know, he said, while I'm here a few times, when asked about whether or not he would be willing to uh, uh, entertain talks of an extension, he said, you know who my agent is. You know where to call. This is a Boris guy through and through. So for anyone who had the... And I don't think many people did. But for anyone who had any sort of envision of the Yankees just blowing him out of the water and and him loving the idea of playing in the Bronx and playing in front of the Dominican fans, like he said in his press conference, and just the idea of this is where he wants to be, so why not see if they can offer me a good amount of money, I'll take it. He's not even, he's not even thinking about it. He's not going to even ask Boris about it. 
He is just letting Boris handle everything. He is a Boris guy. This guy is going to free agency. It is a guarantee. It is a guarantee. He's not even thinking about it. I'm t- If you could blow Boris away and Boris advises him to sign a contract extension, he'd take it. I think he would do whatever Boris tells him to do. I think that's why he turned down $400-plus million with Washington. I don't think it was necessarily he didn't like Washington. I think Boris said, no, we could do better. So he said, okay. And this close to free agency, one year out, he's getting there. But that doesn't mean he won't be a Yankee. And that doesn't mean he won't love playing in this ballpark. And it doesn't mean he won't love hitting behind or in front of Aaron Judge. And it doesn't mean that if they win, he won't be desperate to stay. But it does mean you're going to have to pony up because Scott Boris is running the show. Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. All right, 427. Nick Monagle here with you. One real quick thing on the uh, the Christmas uh, song, uh, where it's my contention that the Bon Jovi version of Please Come Home for Christmas is better than apparently the Eagles version. I thought it was just Don Henley. It is not. It's an Eagles song that came out in 1978. Bon Jovi came out in 1992. And they are, you know, similar songs. I just like Bon Jovi's voice much better on it. I don't know who... You know, please come home for Christmas. They kind of, Bon Jovi does it in the Eagle style is what's being told to me, but I like the voice better. I like the version better. That's all. And I know when I say it, people seem to get mad by it. I don't know why. I argue with a lot of people about this. You have no idea. This is what I do in my spare time. I argue. It's how I hone my skills. I just argue nonsense with people at the Christmas table. No, no, no. It's the Bon Jovi version. Tom in North Jersey. What's up, Tom? Hey, what's going on? What's up? How are we doing at 428? What do you got? I was at the game last night. You were at the game on Monday night. Well, yeah, it was incredible. Tremendous. That was 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 a game to be at, that's for sure. The the word around the parking lot, the bathroom. Oh, yeah, tell us what's going on around the bathroom and the parking lots of MetLife. Well, it was all Packers fans. So all all Giants, everyone, where'd you all come from? (laughs) All this, all that. And it and it, it was weird at first seeing Packer fans take over MetLife, and then right, and then you know the game ran its course, and it was just awesome to watch unfold in front of my eyes. And Devito was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Barkley played well. Just that one big fumble. Yeah, I mean he had the big fumble. He was all right in the game. Um, he had the big fumble. Yeah, and listen, I could understand a lot of you know the. A lot of Packer fans, the Packers were trending in the right direction. The Packers still are uh, in a playoff position, and they had just beaten the Lions and the Chiefs, who are two of the better teams in their respective conferences. So I think it was a a, a game that most people expected, including Vegas, who had them in a, at a, as a six and a half point favorite for most of the week. It might have went off. It's it might have went off at six, but I think it was six and a half most of the week. I know I got it at six and a half. I don't think many people thought. The Giants would win that game. And on a cold primetime night, that's the other part of this, too. Like a, a caller mentioned about watching the atrocious quarterback play that we've seen in this city, not just from the Giants, but from the Jets, too, of it being such a disaster, whether it be 
Daniel Jones early on in the season, whether it be Zach Wilson, Boyle, Simeon, like the idea of just watching awful offense from both of these teams who have been at the bottom of the league all year long to suddenly have a quarterback playing well, to have it be this young local kid, and then to have it on prime time as well. I do think there's something to it because Giant fans know very well. Like we're aware of this. You might not know that it's that Daniel Jones is one in twelve in prime time, but you know he's not good. And you know, as a Giant fan, every time you sit down to watch one of these standalone games, and I know last night wasn't, or the other night, Monday night wasn't, the Dolphins were blowing two touchdown leads. But when we sit down to watch these standalone games, and a lot of them over the years have been in they've picked these games to wear those jerseys, those beautiful retro jerseys, whether the white ones or the blue ones, both are gorgeous. We love the jerseys. And but most of the time we watch them absolutely not just lose, but get embarrassed against the Cowboys, against the Eagles. I mean, just over and over again, the the the, the ineptitude on primetime. So for a Monday night football game on ABC with Buck and Aikman on the call, with what we've seen offensively every time we turn on the freaking TV on Sunday, to have that kind of performance, to have this quarterback win the game, to go down the field after giving up the fumble that leads to the touchdown and everything else that happened in that game, to have two timeouts, a minute 33, and to quickly, on four of four passing, after being told by his coach, here's a couple of plays we like, go rip go rip that bitch." To have that moment and to have that game-winning field goal as time expired on Monday night and watch the DeVito story continue... It's just too much for us to handle. We don't know what to do with ourselves. He's, 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 he's better than Jones. Like That's the only thing we know what to, That's the only thing we have left to say. Like, we're so excited. We're so baffled by it that we can't just go, hey, this is freaking fantastic. I can't wait for Sunday against the Saints. Let's see. Maybe, maybe this crazy season is just possible. Not enough. It's not enough. We don't stop there. What are you kidding me? This ain't this is child's play. We don't stop at hey, the season's alive, not good enough. Hey, we found the next superstar. And if you don't believe me, just check out Tom Brady. Check out Brock Purdy. You think DeVito's not going to be etched in lore next to those two names? Just then you just don't see what everybody else sees. Look at this kid. Gripping and ripping, going through his progressions, avoiding the sack. Throwing the ball to the back of the end zone. Pitch perfect. Pitch perfect, I tell you. There's no one who can stop him. He's well on his way to becoming the next out-of-nowhere superstar. You shut up if you have anything else to say than that. It's crazy. Let's just enjoy ourselves. Because this conversation I find less enjoyable than just what can we do moving forward. He's not going to be the starter next year. I'm sorry. He's not. Daniel Jones is going to be the starter next year, if healthy. I mean, the uh, is there a chance, is there a slim chance he's not ready to start the year and DeVito starts the year unbelievably hot and wins three games or two games before Daniel Jones is healthy and then it's a conversation? I suppose, but I'll tell you what, they paid him $40 million. I think they still believe in him, and ultimately, he's probably more talented. He's probably more athletic. He's probably has a stronger arm. I, I would still think Daniel Jones is the starting quarterback starting next year. Hopefully they found someone who can be a backup because what we're learning is that backup quarterbacks are not a luxury. 
They are a necessity. We are about to go into week 15 of the NFL season and see damn near half the league playing backup quarterbacks. You need an excellent backup quarterback in this league, desperately. And if the Giants found one in an undrafted free agent who they barely have to pay as opposed to going out and paying Minshew or paying Sam Darnold or paying Tyrod Taylor or paying uh, Gabbert or paying all these guys to be a legitimate backup quarterback in this league with starting experience, if you found someone you believe in, you rely on, you know works inside this offense and can step in, on a moment's notice, and you got it for the price tag that the Giants might be able to have it with, with DeVito, that's that's an ex, that's a such a win that we're downplaying it because we need him to be the next superstar. Because, hey, what a story. I just, I'm just, you know, I just I just want, I'm, I'm happy that I have a Christmas Day game that I care about. Tommy and Astoria, what's up, Tommy? Hey, Big Mac, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well, oh, brother. How are you? I'm doing good. Hey, listen, I just want to tell you, this is a side. You know, you're always a gentleman on the air, and that comes across. It really does. Oh, that, thank that you. Doesn't get, that doesn't get lost. On well, I appreciate it. I try to be a gentleman. No, you don't. Um, did you know, I just started, I was Googling Brenda Lee, that she was a big star in the 50s and 60s. She did a tour of Europe in, in, uh, in 1962. You know the Beatles opened up for her? In Hamburg, Germany, in 1962, at the Star Club. Uh, yeah, on on some level, I did know that. Yes, um, I I forgot about that, but I did know that. And but that's that, pretty cool. Yes, that that's very cool. I didn't know that that made you know made her a star that she was playing in Hamburg, Germany necessarily. I never put two and two together that she was no, like no, some it, sort of big star club. The name of the club was the Star Club. No, I understand. What I'm saying yeah. is, is you're oh, talking yeah. about she's a big star and using that yeah. as an example. Uh, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know necessarily that people they opened up for were big stars. I knew she had yeah, a couple Little of hits. Richard, right, they opened up for Little Richard. I think. Right. I don't they know. Did up they have big names? Yeah. Um, I know they toured. They toured and opened up uh, for Roy Orbison at times. Wow. Um, I don't. I don't remember Little Richard. I know they loved Little Richard oh. and and they met him and stuff. I don't remember necessarily opening for him, <laughs> but it's possible. Can, yeah. Can make a quick match point. Yes. Um, the guy was talking about Justin Turner. I, I've been saying Justin Turner for the last couple of weeks. That yeah. makes a hundred percent. See, I think what happened was Stearns came in with Cohen and sat down and said, "Listen, this is how we have to approach this. We have to do this smartly." And I agree with him. I mean, it's not the sexy approach as a Mets fan, but that's why we're not going over after guys like Snell and Bellinger. It would be easy to sign these guys, but it's in the long run, it doesn't suit us. We have to develop, the, you know, our own starting pitching. That's the only way we're going to have sustained success. Yeah, but I, I mean, yeah, it, but but you know? but that's but you're right. But uh, free agency doesn't hurt that. I mean, yeah, I guess you might lose a pick if they're offered the qualifying offer. But yeah. like other than that, that's what you do when you're trying to. You don't trade for glass now. You don't trade for cease. You don't trade. You know, for some of the starting pit, you don't trade for Corbin Burns. You sign free agents and you build the roster. That's what he tried to do. That's why he went out and got Max Scherzer. That's why he went out and got yeah. Verlander. That's what he was trying to do. He was trying to pay in the short term while developing the young, while developing the system. And that's why he paid more money to get better prospects back. He's using money as a tool to lift and float the team while they're building the farm system. So I don't know why you can't go assign Snell to a short-term deal and, and while you're taking time to develop the farm system. Like, I don't like I don't know. Other than you don't want to keep going over these luxury tax and helping the team and never putting yourself in a position 
to get underneath it and reset the luxury tax and have a reasonable uh, payroll? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I get it. I definitely don't think they should be making trades. I never thought they were in the Juan Soto. They weren't. Juan Soto didn't sit, fit them, but signing him next year for $500 million does. So what, what happens to your point then? Like when next year, when Juan Soto's available for five hundred million, and every Met fan that I've ever that I've talked to over the last you know three weeks is telling me, "Go ahead, take him. It doesn't matter. We'll buy him next year. He wants to be a Met. He's talked about loving City Field. He's going to be a Met. Going to be a Met." Well, th- why the step back this year, but not the step back next year? Why is next year a long term deal for Juan Soto and spending five hundred million dollars any different than spending money this year? I mean, Snell just won the the Cy Young. He doesn't give you a lot of innings, but he's an excellent starting pitcher. You have none, especially if you miss out on Yamamoto. You're not gonna you're not gonna turn and go give money to Montgomery. You're not gonna give money to any of these guys. You're not trading. You're not gonna go trade for Dylan Cease. You're not gonna go trade for Glass. Now you're not gonna give up prospects. I get that. So what do you do? You spend money. So uh, what kind of step back are you looking to have? Because whatever you want to say about the Yankees and how miserably they've been run or whatever, they don't take step backs. They don't go full steam ahead sometimes, but they certainly don't tell you we don't expect to be as good next year. And when they fall on their face and have a an 82-win season, let alone what, the Mets have a 78-win season? They don't say this is the time to, to you know settle back. They say this is the time to throttle up and go get Juan Soto and go get Yamamoto and try and change this entire thing. The Mets are much more laid back. Let's figure out the rotation. Yeah, we'll, we'll pinpoint the one 25-year-old starting pitching free agent that we think helps us and uh, no no uh, no um, pick attached to him, and we'll go sign him. But other than that, meh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And now you lost Mauricio to a terrible knee injury, unfortunately, and now the idea of your third base being just a, a find out who these kids are it takes a big hit considering that was the guy you probably, without saying it publicly, wanted to win the job. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. 447, McMonagle here with you. Right here on The Fan, just a few minutes to the end of our five-hour midnight ride. I'll have you again uh, tomorrow morning for just about a five-hour midnight ride as I'll come on after the net game. Uh, net game starts at 9.50. So I'll be on right around probably 12.30 or so. Something like that. As they will be taking on the Suns. So I'll be on before 1 a.m., but after midnight. So still close to a midnight ride. But today, right now, it's part of the program that I save for you. I don't, I'm not. I'm not a selfish guy. I take up four hours and forty five minutes, and I leave the last fifteen for you. So let's go, Joe in Long Island, right here on the fan. What's up, Joe? Hello there, son. Oh, hello there, sir. How are you? All right, very well. Oh, you uh, sound like you're doing quite well. Yes. Good evening. Hey, I heard you were talking about Brenda Lee. She was really 13 years old when she sang, sang uh, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. 13 years old. Isn't that My amazing? God. That voice, that sultry voice, I would have never guessed in a million years. Uh, really? I thought she was like in her 30s or 40s. E- back easy. Of, definitely, 100%. 
Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito. Excellent story. Yes. But he's going against New Orleans. I don't think the Giants have ever won in New Orleans. Have they ever won in New Orleans? Um, I don't think. I don't think they've ever won. I know. I know it has not been uh, a, a very kind place. And the one thing I joked about this a few weeks ago, when Alex Smith, uh, his name came up. I think he was killing Tom Brady, which I loved. Um, yeah. He won that game for the Niners against the Saints with a big run down the sidelines, and they won that playoff game and allowed the Giants to head to San Francisco for that NFC Championship game in 2011 instead of going to New Orleans, which I know for a fact they would have lost that game against Drew Brees and the Saints. I know they they have not had success in that building. I can't guarantee that they've never won there. I got to look that up, but I know it's it's a house of horrors. I've been saying that all week. Yes, it's a tough place I for know. the Giants it's, to go play. Hey, Big Mac, it's going to be a, a really huge game for them. It's a, 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 yeah, of course it's it's their season. They lose the seasons over. Yeah, it's a very big game for them. And thank you for the call, Joe. The, the the nature of the rapid fire business had to let you go, um, but yes, I, it's a huge game, and this has been a tough pace to go play, and this is not an easy game, and that's why I want to focus on this and not whether or not he's great, and whether or not he's the guy, and whether or not this story is going to continue into next season and the year after that, and whether or not the Giants don't have to worry about drafting a quarterback because Tommy DeVito's the man. Like, let's see him get through New Orleans. Let's see. Let's see this magic ride continue, and then we'll talk. Because for me, again. I don't think people are going to give him the benefit of the doubt off of one lousy performance. If you think he's better than Daniel Jones, if you think he could be the future of the Giants, then theoretically, right, you have to allow one loss, one bad game. You've seen enough. You've determined he's this, he's that. So how can you let one loss stand in the way when we all know what's going to happen? If they get beat and he's terrible, it's the end, it's the end of the cutlet story. Brett in Long Island. What's up, Brett? Good morning. I know it's rapid fire. Uh, quickly, I was thinking about you yesterday. I picked up my son from pre-K. He had a big knot under his eye. Kids hit heads. I had to oh. fill out a little, you know, sign a little report. I'm like, hey, you know, I never asked Chris, how do you make out Saturday? Those kids still alive or what happened? Yeah, they're the fine with, with the reindeer food on Friday. Yeah, they're still Oh, uh, Oh, when I had them to myself, right, yeah. You had when it I was... Saturday. You said you had to yeah, watch Yeah, no, it was fr- Friday night. It was Friday night, my, okay. my, my wife had like a, a, a craft night with her friends where they made um, – uh, it's like a, I don't even know what to call it. It was like a, a thing with like snowman with all the kids' names on it for her mother. I figure, I don't even know what you would call it. Just a board, really. But they were making that and hanging out, and I was babysitting my nephew as well as they were in uh, my, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law were in Florida. So I watched both my kids and my nephew Friday night all alone by myself after spending the afternoon making reindeer food in my, my son's first grade class and reading books to a bunch of first graders. So that was my Friday. But it went okay. They lived. We had a, um, I blew up a, a queen-size air mattress we had and let them kind of like sleep and kind of like camp out in the living room while we were watching wrestling, and they all fell asleep pretty early. So thankfully, it worked out fine for me. Good stuff. Uh, all right, DeVito, just the narrative, even with you, is uh, uh, debating with a guy yesterday saying, yeah, everybody knows it's a great story, obviously, you know, you're, you're making it watchable. But everybody's saying that he's, you know, He'll be a backup. He'll get himself a job as a backup. Am I missing something? Not saying he couldn't be a starter, but 
with four games left, he couldn't prove that he can be a starter in the league. What, like, what am I missing? No, I mean, I suppose, is it that I, obvious that he can't be a starter? I mean, no, yeah, games, I, I don't. Mean. I don't think I've I've said it's obvious that he can't be a starter. I don't think he's proven it yet. He does have four more weeks. Listen, if he goes into Philadelphia, what, what would it take for him to prove it to you? Well, filled up. But what would it? What more do you want to see? That he's relying on his legs. That's kind of what Daniel Jones was doing, right? It's like a carbon copy. I mean, what do you need to see from him um, that you're going to say, "Yeah, I think he could be a starting quarterback and have a great, uh, have a great day." Good yeah, you got you. it, buddy. Yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly. More, more. I mean, I'm not sure Daniel Jones can be a starter in this league, and he got paid forty million dollars. And now with the injury, like I, I, I don't know. And to be the future of the, of the organization when they have a quarterback, it's not just can he play in the league which I still think is up in the air, but he's shown a lot that makes me feel somewhat confident. But And, and to make it sound like a backup is a bad thing, that it, we're learning you need to have a good backup. But you know the idea that for this giant team, you have a quarterback under contract for $40 million a year. You could be towards the top of the draft in a very heavy quarterback draft with a coach and GM that got hired based on the idea of drafting and developing a rookie quarterback. And I think the idea of getting DeVito to this point has a lot to do with the coach showing complete new life and going for it on fourth down. I know the, he had the punt team on initially, and it looked like he kind of got bullied into it by the fans, but still he made the, the right decision, the wrong play call, but the right decision to go for it on fourth down. And I just feel like everyone's been rejuvenated by this kid's play, none more than the quarterback, uh, than the coach, who's known for developing quarterbacks. Imagine what he could do with a top-level quarterback. So I'm just not sure, not necessarily that in no way, shape, or form is DeVito a starting quarterback. The Giants aren't in a very easy situation to just make this kid the the starting quarterback when they have one under contract and the possibility of drafting one. But at the same time, I haven't seen enough. He's played nice a couple games. He's won a couple games. What? How could you possibly say that you're ready to make him the next quarterback of the New York Giants? But again, what do I need to see? I need to see more. If he plays like this for the next three weeks and wins a bunch of games and, and goes in there, even if he doesn't win for the game in Philadelphia, gives them a run for their money and plays really well, we'll talk. That's all. The conversation's not for now. I don't want to ruin this by by looking past it. Tony in Staten Island. What's up, Tony? Hey, good morning. How are you? What's up? How are um, you? I'm glad you survived the weekend. That, that That's awesome that you were able to take care of your two sons and your nephew. Yes, well, um, thank you. I quick. made it. What a, what a great accomplishment. <laughs> real quick, deferred money. It's been bothering me ever since the Otani deal. Yes. Is this going to be the wave of baseball now? Are we going to have a billion-dollar contract? I don't know. I, mean, I, I, joke, I joke and I half-jokingly said that Steve Cohen should have already made us have our first billion-dollar contract. Why not offer him a billion dollars? If you knew you could was defer this money out. Year? Was it the Dodgers or Otani? No, apparently Otani. Apparently Otani. And that's really the difference. The difference is Otani. And the Yankees are going to get Yamamoto with this? I mean, the Dodgers no. are going to throw all kinds of money at him. I think it's done now. I think this deferred no. deal was is going to kill baseball if the owners don't step up next bargaining. Well, yeah, I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, I listen, I think they should, and I think they need to stop this nonsense. And I don't care. Like, look, I'm not smart enough to know all the ins and outs of it, to quite, to be quite honest with you. But 
he got a $700 million contract, as far as I know. I understand that they're trying to tell us that it's only worth $480 million or whatever, and I guess that's just the depreciation of the money over time. But the fact of the matter is, as far as I understand, they will pay him $700 million. $700 million, no, no matter how much time it's going to be, is going to leave the Dodgers and go to Otani. And there's going to be some, there's going to be like a, a pool or a, a bank account they're going to have to put this money in in case MLB or the Dodgers themselves dissolve. Like Otani's going to get his money, he's just going to get it over time. And so that depreciates it. And however else they're going to spin these numbers to tell me what it's actually worth. I don't care. For me, I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how many years you pay him. If you are going to hand him eventually $700 million, that's the number that gets divided by the years he's playing and should be on the luxury tax. That's Or should be on the, the payroll towards the luxury tax. If you're going to pay him $700 million and he plays 10 years, it's $70 million on the books. Plain and simple. I don't care how you manufacture the money. I don't care if you pay him nothing for the first 15 years and then $700 million all in one year on the 16th year. I don't care how you figure it out. It's $700 million for 10 years. It's $70 million. That's what it should be, in my opinion. And I understand why he's doing it. He's the rare guy who might be willing to do it. All right. Um, you know, Soto's making good money. Soto's going to make 30 plus million dollars this year. Soto's made good money. Soto's a rich man. Soto's not making $50 million a year off the field the way Shohei Otani is. Shohei Otani made a deal for him. He's making plenty of money now. And he knows that once he's out of California in 10 years, he'll make more money and be taxed less after this contract, after his playing days are over, he was willing to do it. I don't know how many other players are going to be willing to do it to this extent and make $2 million a year. But what bothers me is that it's cut to 46 on the payroll. That's what bothers me. And actual money paid out, they know, is not going to be nearly $700 million. And they know that, you know, they're going to make money off Otani. It's like a deal that's almost self-propelling. And it's 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 annoying, and now they're in on everything. And I know this is this is something that could help the Yankees uh, someday down the road. I don't know. I still hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But I still think the Yankees are gonna get Yamamoto. Yamamoto. I don't think it's a done deal. I really. Here's the thing for me. We all know that other teams are gonna offer more money. So the Dodgers coming in doesn't necessarily scare me on that front. It scares me on the idea that maybe he was a Dodger fan and wants to go there, but. Do you really want to be the end? They got that's the story. They got yo they got Otani and they got Yamamoto. And how the contract abled them to do so. And even though Otani won't be in the rotation, he's the second fiddle there. Soto's a different thing, and it's a one-year deal. And they just had a Zoom press conference. If they have a real press conference or have a free agent signing for the next eight years or nine years or whatever for a 25-year-old pitcher, he is the crown jewel of the free agency period and he is the face of this offseason. Yamasoto, it starts with Yama. And I think he wants that smoke. Eight seven. Uh, that's it for me. Trying to give the number like a moron. I'll catch you guys later. I'll see you after the net game in the morning. Have a great day. Enjoy it. Sports Radio 101.